The moon is full and looming, but don't worry, big ah. Sorry, cardamom and cinnamon just morphed into peppercorn and juniper. I thought it was a werewolf. Hello, welcome to Love Food, Hey Money, show where we talk about food, how much we love it, we prove it by spending all of our money on it. I'm going to be your host, Jonah. This is co-host Courtney. Hey. That was the excerpt of the drink today. Um, <laughs> I thought you messed up your your lines. <laughs> yeah, I could tell by the face that you made. You were like, huh, you forgot how to say two sentences. Oh, Poor guy. That was good. Um, we're heading back to gin. We back talked- to our seasonal gins. Back to the seasonal gins. This is from Block Distilling Co. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Block Distilling Co. Super cute bottle. Little gift pack we got from a buddy of ours when he went to Colorado. Yes. This is the autumn one. Is it? It is the season. I haven't tasted it at all, and I also can't find it. It's up to you. It's right next to you. There's gonna be a little bit of a theme in the things we're tasting for this episode. That's a lot of cardamom. Yeah. And And like a lot of cinnamon. A lot of cardamom and a lot of cinnamon, which is not gonna be fun for the next thing that we're tasting because. Um, You know what? That might be good in something. That's bad by itself. It's like the gin equivalent of Fireball. Yeah. That's not... Why did they make this? It's a lot of cardamom, and it also kind of reminds me of... um, What's that drink called with the sand and the little pot? Turkish coffee. Yeah. We just talked about that. Ground cardamom <laughs> with the coffee bean. Yeah, it tastes like that. It's like Turkish You could do like a, like a chai-inspired drink with this. Yes. You could do lots of things itself, with it. But by itself, it's very upsetting. Got echoes of bad chai and fireball you all in one. Put it in like eggnog. Sure, you can put gin in your eggnog if you want. It's you don't like eggnog, but it's hurting your mouth. That's dramatic. <laughs> Do you, what's the other thing we're gonna taste? Because we're More in a mood. This one you got from the clearance section at Fry's. That's right. Because we hate money. But not six dollars worth. But not a $2 deal. Is okay. You know what I mean? These are <laughs> Cinefuego Toast Crunch. This is Cinnamon Toast Crunch that was originally $6 for like a half bag. And then they realized that's stealing from people. So they reduced it to two spicy potato tacos at the fries. And they're just supposed to be a little like fireball. They're supposed to be cinnamon extra crunch, right? cinnamon spicy. That's terrible. That's all bad. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow, those things pair well, let me tell you. <laughs> That's a really spicy. Wow. Oh, this wears on the end. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, this is a dividing line on like, my ability to be friends with people. Because if you're a hot tamale person, I don't trust you. If you're a hot tamale person, we just ate your dream food. It's really not good. Yeah. yeah. Should we try it with milk? No. <laughs> No, we shouldn't. That's a bad idea. That's bad. 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 Okay. Right, a little spray bottle. I'll take it to my sister. She likes Fireball. That, I mean, yeah, they're right up her alley. That's not. That's not it for me. It's the weird cinnamon bark spicy because it's funny. I thought it originally was cinnamon toast crunch with capsaicin powder or something. Right. I it. thought it was gonna be like cayenne powder or something. The spicy, but but no, it's just it's just a lot of cinnamon. A lot, a lot of cinnamon. Some really aggressive cinnamon. The number one ingredient, though, whole grain wheat. This is health food, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Amongst and other things. You've been on one recently as far as trying new items. Yes. 
been a great time to be alive in the United States of fast food. Amen. We had, um, well, I don't know. The Impossible Whopper has been around for a little bit. That's it's true. not super new. Yeah, we can start with that one. The Impossible Whopper and regular Whopper side by side because we because you had to compare. You had yeah. to know. And it had probably been years since they had a Whopper. Yeah, I can't tell you the last time I've been to Burger King. I don't think I've been to Burger King outside of trying the chicken sandwich. Oh. Since we've been together, so we're yeah, we're no, you're probably right for you know at least ten days. <laughs> um. It was really good. I forgot how tasty Whoppers are. Yeah. Good ratio of uh, salad bar to meat ratio. Really good, important. Good weird smoky meat patty that w- w- almost resembled meat, which is better than I could say for McDonald's when we had it recently. Oh, my God. That was so bad. Forgot um, how weird the McDonald's patties are. I thought that the Impossible Burger was really good. Yeah. Like, they, I mean, I preferred the regular Whopper just from, like, some very minute nuance, but if you gave me the Impossible Whopper, I would not be upset. Yeah, I think it was funny because the uh, Impossible Burger had the, the pink center, yeah. so they thicker patty, and uh-huh. then the actual meat was not because that's not what you want when you're playing around with fast food ground beef. Yep, exactly. Um, I preferred the Impossible one. Really? Yeah. The other one was just super bitter charcoal the actual meat patty, but that's what you liked about it, so. I thought it added balance to it yeah it had a bitter smoky edge to it because of their weird flame broil process mm-hmm. but the way the flames lick the bun no the oh. way the flames lick the buns is a separate <laughs> episode the meat which is also inappropriate flames licking anything burger related yeah you should yeah mm-hmm. not safe for school so that mm-hmm. was really fun the uh, i liked Burger King, it'll go on to the list of a million fast foods. I have a, I don't think we've talked about this oh yet. Oh my where God, I have, your gluttony folder. Yeah, so on my phone, I've got different folders dedicated to different sins. Um, one, my sloth one is filled with games, and I've got a pride one filled with just learning about wine stuff, because that's what I'm prideful about. And then I've got my gluttony folder, which has nine and six, 15 different fast food apps and counting. <laughs> no. And I'm very proud. It's too many. So we went and today we had Taco Bell. First time we've ever had that. We never talked about never Taco had Bell. Taco Bell before. Don't Crazy place, guys. We had spicy potato tacos as one is to do. Obviously. Gotta get a couple of those in just because it's a dollar and it fills the soul somewhat the stomach, but mostly. Mine the wasn't soul. very good today, but it's okay. Oh, both mine were delicious. Oh, that's nice. Let me just salt that wound for you. Yeah, the one I had was just all the crispy ends of the potatoes. Oh, I like the crispy ends of the potatoes. You like the fluffy centers? Yeah, obviously. That checks out. And due to fan voting, the Enchirito is back. And you've never had an Enchirito. Never had an Enchirito. And I was very excited because I used to love Enchiritos. So I, I don't understand why it's called that. Well, it's an enchilada burrito. So it's an enchilada. Nope. Enchilada style burrito. Enchirito. I don't get it. I don't either, but that's <laughs> that's what it is. Okay. It wasn't bad. It had, the, it had the distinct. Really loved that one, didn't you? Well, it had the distinct like Taco Bell flavor, which, which is, is important. Uh, yeah. Um, Mark of a true chef is being able to tell that you, it's look, from them without. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. It if you're like a really good chef, like our famous friend Donald Hawk, who was mentioned in the top forty restaurants by Esquire magazine this week. 
Congrats, Donnie. Um, that was a really weird thing to say the way you said it, but okay. <laughs> then obviously, like every time somebody tastes your food, like it has that same underlying, you know. The same flavor as being adopted. <laughs> I broke Courtney with that one, everyone. Anyways, um, it was fine. It yeah. honestly, for me, it was very much just like any really affordable Mexican plate restaurant enchilada. Yeah. I mean, it's fast food enchilada sauce. I don't, there's nothing to expect. Yeah. And then the other thing is the one that you're obsessed with right now. Yes. It makes me very happy. We have to go have the Burger King version so that you can compare. That's true. But back to Burger King, man, so many good reasons to get out on the town these days. (laughs) Wendy's has the beer, beer, they're their Italian they're sandwiches. Italian. You gotta say it with the, the hand for the Italians. Uh, but yeah, they've got a chicken and burger version of their Italian sandwich, which is I basically it turns into neither a meatball sandwich or a chicken parmesan. Either way, delicious. For the chicken one, they also use a spicy chicken patty, which was good. But it's a garlic not bun. Good. Good start. The protein thing. Good. And then marinara sauce. Fine, Fine fast food marinara sauce. Yeah. They all taste the same. I think it's funny that every fast food marinara sauce tastes the exact same. Well, they're all made by the same company, obviously. The Sonic one, the Jack in the Box one, the Wendy's one now. All same, same. Mm-hmm. But then where they really went crazy, <laughs> they did a mozzarella mozzarella, mozzarella stick <laughs> patty. Instead of having mozzarella sticks on their little burgers, it was a cheese full puck. full cheese puck, breaded and fried, and on top of either your 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 meatball or your chicken palm. Delicious. You haven't stopped talking about it. It's been like four days. It's been longer than four days, and I will continue to talk about it because it's very delicious. <laughs> I found out after the fact they also have garlic fries, and you didn't get many, and I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah, I was afraid of garlic fries from Wendy's because I was just picturing the ready chopped garlic just sort of sprinkled out onto fries and I, that didn't sound good when i think about garlic fries i think of that one time we went to that really like uppity farm to table restaurant and the fries they served us absolutely had like bugs in it and they were garlic fries and we took them back up to the counter and they were like what do you want us to do about it and we were like i don't know like a refund would be really cool can we not, or also can we have fries without bugs? Yeah, can we just have like some plain fries? Like this is really gross. And they were just like, never come back. And we were like, okay. Yeah, that it was. We've uh, never been back, coincidentally. It was a very funny experience because <laughs> it was very much just them staring at it and saying, yeah, the farm, sometimes you have to eat crickets. And we went, but we would rather not though. Like, we would just rather not have cricket fries, but. So everyone get out to your local Wendy's, support small business. <laughs> We're going to have to put that redhead child through college. Oh my God. What are we talking about today? Because that was that was a long opener. We really got into the good stuff, but well, we have a topic too. We do have a topic. It's related to our drink of the day. We're going to talk about bad gin. <laughs> <laughs> have you been able to take another sip of it? I can't. I hid it for myself. I found it again. I put it behind the bag of flaming treats, and I've been afraid to reach that direction ever since. <laughs> um, I mean, it's still, it's just really cardamomy. It's a, a flavor you either like or you don't, and it's not the best straight up room temperature. 
Yeah. Today we're going to talk about the show Drink Masters, which recently aired on Netflix, what, maybe two or three weeks ago as of this recording? It's probably a month as of this recording, if not longer. Sure. So by the time this comes out, if you haven't watched it, you probably aren't going to. So, spoilers? Spoiler alert, but it's been out for longer than a couple days and it's on Netflix, so on you for not watching it already anyway. Exactly. Do you want to get into like the premise of the show before we just like give our angry <laughs> opinion? I think you're the better premise descriptor, but I'll go ahead and try. Okay. It's a show. It's like oh, Ink Masters, but with drinks. I think that's a funny. It's more like British baking show. How is that different than Ink Masters well, or any other reality competition? Food involved. Yeah, but that's. But it's drink. <laughs> it rhymes with Ink Masters. It's 100% had yeah, to be what they were going for, right? Yeah. Oh, and they well, also and the got... production quality and, like, the the way the soundstage was set up was very, like, moody, dark. <laughs> you can do that a little moody again? A little moody. moody. <laughs> you have you're, to do the head thing. You could be. A, you're a, a very moody girl. We'll have to get into a video format at some point so we can really embarrass ourselves. Yes. But... Reality competition show. Same as every other reality reality competition show. Not to be confused with the spelling bee that I just lost. (laughs) Yeah, I think they started with 12 contestants. People show up. They say, make these things fast. And then they try. And then a couple of them fail. And those ones have to go into a head-to-head competition to make another thing. And whoever does the worst out of that has to go home to their home bar and weep sorrows of a failed mission true and that's the show that's it that's all that's all we wanted to say thanks everyone (laughs) (laughs) um we were intrigued by the show for obvious reasons you obviously know way more about cocktails than i do i just drink them and read the menus and go "Hmm, i wonder what that is i guess i'll try it i do i knew most of the things that they did in that show i will say that there was very few techniques that i saw where i went huh haven't seen that before there were definitely some flavor combinations that people were throwing together, though, that were like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. That's not. Not quite as cutting edge as the peanut butter and jelly one they did on Great British Baking Show, but. <laughs> we haven't watched that episode yet, but there's a clip from, for context, why that's so funny. There was a clip from GBB recently where a contestant was like, I'm going to make peanut butter this with fruit jam. And Prue and Paul were both like, Oh, I had peanut butter with fruit. Like, that's so weird. Like, I just don't know if it's going to work. Very avant-garde. Like, what the hell? I We have to talk about Great British Baking Show once we finish this season of it because it's off the rails. It is not a good show anymore. Courtney's got lots of negative things to say about it. Very angry. I don't disagree with most of it. I will say that it's still comforting because it's a bunch of British people talking, and that's nice. <laughs> Um, but Drink Masters, like right out of the gate, this show is just unhinged. Yeah, they selected an interesting crew of people to be on that show. I read an article. A lot of characters that I've met in my personal industry life that I went, why are you here? Not people that I've actually met, but the actual like character character archetypes that they filled. They were just shadows of, (laughs) they were shells of real people. Yes. Thrown out onto the onto the big stage. Yeah, no, I read an article from 
The Guardian, it was an opinion piece about the show. And they were like, yeah, they chose literally like the most unlikable egomaniacs that they could have found. And the ones that weren't egomaniacs are just straight up bad on the show. And they you just didn't root for them because you went, well, why are you why are you so bad at this? I don't feel like LP was that bad. And I knew week one she was going to win because she was the only one that had any like back of house experience. And you know what they say about cocktails? Keep them in the back. Well, when you have 90 minutes to like create a cocktail, like having the knowledge of all those techniques that back of house uses is like very helpful because in most cocktail bars, you're doing it as a collaboration with the rest of your team. So being able to step back and be like, actually, I know how to do all this by myself. Yeah, helpful. It was interesting to watch because there were a lot of people that just didn't know what they didn't know. And that was a funny thing to watch in any competition show. Specifically, cocktails are a weird thing to get into with that because you're either talking about making classic drinks or there's five different techniques that you can use to with different hydrocolloids to change the texture of the drink. And that they just really went way too hard on that. Yeah. After like the third episode, I want to say they were, I think the third episode was the one where they did all the molecular stuff. And then after that, it was, okay, this one's going to be the smoked drink. Okay, we have fat wash drinks. Okay, we have milk punch drinks. And then it was just that on a loop over and over. Yeah, and I think, well, can you describe like kind of what the main categories for cocktails are for people that don't know? Because like, I think they throw, they threw around a lot of terms that like, if you're not super into cocktails, maybe you don't understand. So, like, prohibition era cocktails, more modern. Sure. There was a term you used, and I was like, oh, I haven't heard that before. Which, which I don't know what term. If you're talking about the actual. Just, like, the eras of cocktails. Because I do think it was interesting to see, like, they did a 1920s-themed challenge where sure. they had the cocktail party that, like, decided who would win kind of deal. Right. So a lot of this comes from the International Bartending Association, which they have annual competitions on best bartender in the world, yada, yada. Um, their list of approved drinks can, are the Unforgettables, Contemporary Classics, and, and the New Era drinks. So those are the three different markers. When people talk about Prohibition Era cocktails, they're talking about actual speakeasy culture and back when you can legally drink in the United States. So drinks that came out of that, which... There aren't many, and the, the ones that exist are real strong spirit forward drinks. Um, and they, the major drinks that they kept going back to on the show over, I don't know, everyone talks about prohibition style cocktails as the pinnacle of cocktail culture, but it's a lot of old fashions and just real simple. This is alcohol, and this is what we added to it to make it palatable. Here, you're welcome. <laughs> Which is really, I mean, when you're talking about cocktails, all you're really getting to is palatable drunkenness. Historically, I mean, you're, ta- you're talking old, old yeah, drinking. Like one of the original drinks is grog. And that was just a way for sailors to get their vitamin C to prevent scurvy and their gin to prevent being bored <laughs> or rums or whatever <laughs> spirits were being used. But I mean, the, when you're talking about cocktails, it was literally just considered either medicine and a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Yeah. Because we didn't know jack shit. <laughs> like, this will be good for you. This Makes is good. you feel good, right? Meanwhile, your liver is going, please, God, no. Stop please this. Stop. No. 
Um, but I think overall they had some interesting challenges. I thought like the food pairing challenge, like that's just general. Like if you're a good bartender. The food pairing challenge was kind of frustrating to watch because I felt like they were all pretty bad at it. Oh, yeah. they no, It wasn't good. It's just it's a good challenge. Mm-hmm. Like the the one team that made the drink with the chocolate dip plantain to go with, I think it was fried rice. Yeah. And they were like, why would you do this? <laughs> well, the one guy that did it on the show is, I think that was Lloyd's idea. And that man was just unhinged anyway. He, every episode he went, what if I painted the glass though? The outside, yes. the inside, living la vida loca. The man had no restraint. It was wild to watch that show because each one of the people in that show did not learn from any of their mistakes. <laughs> well, and it was interesting, too, to see some of the people who were so bad at individual challenges, like, actually do really well in the collaborative challenges. And I think that really points to, like, the nature of how, like, bars write their cocktail menus. Like, if you don't have so many bounce ideas off of, like... It becomes an echo chamber of nonsense <laughs> real fast. Although I will say Lloyd strikes me as someone who would make our through the garden cocktail. And I appreciate him for that. Hey, he would. And then uh, Tao. Tao. Tao was just obsessed with using the distiller on the show. <laughs> he went, I'm on an alcohol show. What if I just kept trying to make my own moonshine out of X, Y, Z? The Wait, amount of times he put bread he... in it one time. Oh, my, my favorite thing that he did, though, was when he made coffee tea. Yeah, coffee tea was good. <laughs> Not to be confused with regular ass coffee. <laughs> well, no, because he just put whole beans in water on the stove and was like, it's coffee tea now. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much of that show gets edited to oh, make absolutely. them look dumber than they are. Well, there was the one female contestant who every time she talked, she was, I'm so great. Everybody else sucks. I'm the best. Blah, blah, blah. And then finally in the last episode, she's edited to be like, Everybody here is just so talented and such an honor to be here. It's like, lady, what? Yeah, that was a really out of left field one because <laughs> her persona throughout the whole show was suck my butts, losers. I'm I'm number one. I'm the best. She, she was like Cora. I'm the avatar and you're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> it was very girl boss. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last episode showed she she, she went. No, I'm a person. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> why did they make her seem so evil this whole time? I also want to take a moment to talk about how the one of the contestants the first week was an Instagrammer. Rip to the Instagrammer. Um, that her whole thing was she just made like really cutesy Instagram cocktails. And they were like, yeah, let's put her on the show. She'll be okay. She was good for one episode. They got what they needed out of her. They went. They were going for that diversity casting of a middle-aged white woman. <laughs> well, it it was sad because, like, you could tell she was, like, into it. She was like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. And I was like, but ultimately, she didn't have the knowledge or the know-how to come anywhere near any of the other contestants. No, most of the contestants were fairly knowledgeable on the show. And the ones that were knowledgeable... Served dry ice in their cocktails. Yeah, and then the... So that was stupid. <laughs> Do you want to get into that? Because that's really funny also. So the guy's a Vegas bartender and he had dry ice just floating in the drink and he references this technique called anchoring the ice so that way it does you don't accidentally consume it. Um, I just don't sip I don't out of anything that. with dry ice in it. So he does that. The, the judges get super mad. You could kill us. You had a lot of bleh. 
We're not going to chase this. Within it's the next murder us. four episodes, granted it's not a long show, but it's small amount of time passes think, and yeah. one of the hosts of the show is one a... One of the judges. Yeah, that's right. One host, three judge, two and a half judges. I don't even know what the host did on the that host, show. He actually make, did give opinions and like taste things, but it was the two judges. I don't know how much of his opinions meant anything. Well, right. Also, the amount of puns in the show. If you're a fan of dad jokes... This is this, your show. This show really went out of their way. Neck on the line. We're just going to do nothing but dad jokes for 45 minutes at a time. But he looked good doing it. He, Yeah, he was a very well-dressed man. Pretty, pretty dude, but... Good Lord, help us. It was so many dad jokes. He, one of the judges, professional person in the cocktail world, was like, okay, this week I'm going to show you my signature drink. And then immediately starts dicking around with dried ice, pulverizing it, and then serving it to him and being like, well, it's extra fine now, so it's safe. No, my dude, I don't want to deal with your... <laughs> you can't immediately come back around and be... I like how mad he was to only turn around and be like, see, now this is actually how you do it. As long as you have it as fine as sand, you're probably not going to die. Okay, dude, shove <laughs> off. I don't have any time for you. You're so stupid. You're... It's just not worth it. The risk-reward ratio on that is... I, I don't know, maybe I'm bitter because I'm not someone that's really super interested in witches cauldrons there's not a single facet of somebody with dry, dry ice does not of, impress me. of a drink with dry ice plume i don't look at it and go oh my god a real potion i just feel so transported no abs- <laughs> it's so dumb <laughs> i'm gonna turn in all big like alice in wonderland now because there's dry ice in my drink no that's the stupidest thing in the world and anybody that <laughs> is all for it that's a stupid opinion, and I stand. <laughs> you're wrong. Is that how you feel about like when they bring you a smoked cocktail and they like swirl the lid to give the like dramatic Any effect? Any dramatic flair on a cloche, I'm here for because I'm a diva. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. I, I actually, so if they lift the cloche and then they swirl it and then kind of just try to point it at you to like, yeah, to give put you your head in whiff. here. I that's just weird because I don't need to be assaulted by your glass dome. <laughs> Yeah, I thought the dry ice thing was really unfortunate. It was really, I feel like they could have been better at educating him in that episode instead of waiting. Just pissed off at him. It was really funny. They were like really mean about it. And he was like, well, I learned this technique, blah, blah, blah. And then to go on later and say, well, this is actually a technique you can do. It just, it felt bad. It felt bad. And it's it's just unnecessary. It's just wildly unnecessary. And I think also like, that contestant specifically was he's probably great at his job. He's probably super good volume <laughs> Vegas bartender. But the problem comes when it's like you're trying to create showmanship in a way that like your normal job probably doesn't allow that much creativity. Yep. You have to make 500 martinis in 10 minutes go versus. Well, any and, of and the... even watching him make drinks, he was like batching stuff into Cambros. <laughs> like he was making drinks drink for like 40 hilarious. people. <laughs> I don't think that man could scale down a recipe to sub three bottle. No, he was like glug, glug, glug the whole show, which, which was hilarious. And, you know, anyone that's worked in a bar that has to do some degree of scale, like you, you batch drinks. You don't want to go back and touch six bottles per drink. So you're batching all the alcohol that you can. But it was very funny because the challenge would literally be a martini and he would 
throw in two bottles of gin and a bottle of vermouth and be ready to go, baby. Like he was unhinged. <laughs> he was like, the crew is going to be drunk when we're done. Maybe that was the back end secret of the show is that they actually had to make 60 of each drink. Oh, my God. So that would be brutal, though, because some of the drinks and we were talking about this before we started rolling is some of them were not scalable. No, absolutely not. So a lot of the smoked drinks you couldn't scale. They a lot of the stuff that had heavy work at pickup wouldn't be able to scale. Right. Because the the back prep, that's not a big deal. Super easy. Also, the show is funny because the one of the contestants that made it fairly far was the, was the girl that was very much I am the pinnacle, very alpha, alpha female. Mm-hmm. She even referenced the weird flaw in the show. Any show where you have two judges that are very hyper-specific, they both just loved milk punches. So literally, you can make any milk punch. And they were going through the next round. They were like, this drink just had so much complexity and texture. Cool. I just love the fact that you like drinking whey. It's amazing for you. That was probably the highlight in the show for me when one of the contestants kept making the same thing and the judges loved it every time. And all the other contestants were like... They went, oh, this isn't actually a a competition. (laughs) just a make milk punch judges happy and uh, uh, the person that figured it out good for you you're not cheating you're winning you're winning the for everyone else just learn how to make Be better. cheese make milk punch if you ever see milk punch on a menu for people that don't know it's a clarification method in making drinks um and it's you basically make cheese so you make your your drink um you usually typically high acid and then you use milk to set it and that warm milk addition to the high acid, you make cheese and you let the cheese sort of settle and filter and pick everything up. And then you strain it off and you're left with the cocktail way. And that is, that is basically any milk punch that you're going to get. It sounds really gross. It adds flavor, texture, body, like it, especially because there's lots of flavors that are fat soluble exclusively. You can do some pretty interesting things with it. Right. Which leads to fat washing, which is another thing that they did in that show quite a bit. Um, super simplified version of that is you take a fat, flavored fats that people do. Um, you see bacon fat wash whiskey were pretty consistently mm-hmm. in a cocktail bar. So they're literally taking warm bacon fat, mixing it into the whiskey, taking that, putting that vessel of the whiskey into, you typically want to do it in a relatively large square container of sorts. You take that, you put it in the freezer, you let it set. What happens is the fat will separate out to the top. And then you can just pluck the fat puck off the top of it and then drain off the fat washed alcohol um, from underneath of it like you would do for even just chicken stock. If anyone has chicken stock hanging out in their fridge and they have that layer of the chicken fat and all the liquid underneath of it, same thing because the alcohol has a lower freezing point that your freezer is going to hit. It's going to stay there and be a liquid still while all the fat is Fats freeze and frozen. Yep. If anyone wants to play around with that, play around with that stuff at home, you get the the world's your oyster. It's pretty easy. You want to make if you want to make advanced cocktails at home, quote unquote advanced. It's just back prep stuff. Right. When it's all pretty tasty, like milk punch is delicious. Milk punches are great. Fat wash drinks can be really good if it all like goes together. Bacon and whiskey is the classic one because you're already getting smokiness. Nice smoky vanilla. The tasting notes on a lot of good bourbons are going to be things that you would naturally want to eat with bacon anyway. So that's why you right. see that combination readily. 
but you can do it with any fats like because of how well yeah i mean Susu did one that was uh sesame oil wash yep yeah he sesame oil washed like seven cocktails in that show Um, which is a neat idea. Like, there's a lot of stuff that would pair really well with that. But I also, like, sesame oil, depending on the brand you're using, can be super overpowering. So it'd be a really interesting balance. His character on the show, I think, was my least favorite. Mm. Because his entire personality was, I'm Japanese. And then there was one episode where they went, all right. Well, they had to do spicy drinks. They were like, okay, let's do spicy drinks. And he went from... I'm a beautiful little Japanese boy to I'm actually very South American and I'm very proud of this culture. And then the next episode was like, Japan's all I know and love, bro. <laughs> There's no like um, the inconsistency on that one was wildly I feel like upsetting. When you say it without like actually experiencing the show, it sounds not awesome. But his whole thing was that like, he pulled from Japanese ingredients and he used that throughout the show. And then the one episode he was like, oh, also I'm Ecuadorian. Yeah. And we were like, wait, but also like. Like you're really ashamed of that side of yourself, bud, because you've not mentioned even like a whisper of it. I think it was funny just from the sense of like pulling that out for the spicy challenge and like acting like there's nothing spicy in Japan. (laughs) Like it was just a very. Can't confirm. I mean, you could do um, the one in Shishido challenge. Like, yeah, <laughs> Shishido roulette. That was a very weird thing. I think the editing on that show made them unlikable. Every single per there was it reminded me of the House of the Dragons. It was yeah. Where there was, it was not like, a single person I, to root for. I disagree, though. I rooted for for LP from week one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I you did like LP. She, I thought her. Take on everything. She was kind of came across as the underdog, but in reality, like she knew what she was doing. Right. And she had the culinary background. And yeah, I mean, she was fine. Tao was who I was rooting for, but <laughs> just because he's the most extra. Oh my gosh. His ground beef was out every episode. Well, I really want to go to Montreal now because it seems like their cocktail scene's crazy. Lots of, I mean, it's cold up there. They got to stay warm somehow. Uh, the last point I want to make about the show that really was irritating to me was the copious amount of waste in this <laughs> idea that the garnish needed to be a freaking sandbox that you could dig around and build a castle in while you drink your cocktail. Welcome to the beach. <laughs> do, 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 do. Okay, that's all we can do because copyright. I want nothing more than for <laughs> Lassiter. Is it a, is that? What? Is that scored by Lasseter? No. No. Um, what's his? Will, Will, Williams. Williams. Yeah. I don't know why I was That's, thinking, thinking John Lasseter from Pixar. <laughs> Williams from Jurassic fame mm-hmm. and and other things. <laughs> um, He's like 90. If he sues us, I think that's perfectly petty. I just want to be sued by a, a very famous 90-year-old man. Do you want to sing an Elton John song while we're here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, the amount of throwaway garnish that these people were creating and the judges were asking for was honestly so absurd and gross to me that like if I went to a cocktail bar and that's what they serve me and granted, you'd have to charge $50 like minimum. Yeah, the labor and alone and being... the additional waste. I think the most unnecessary garnish we've ever got on anything is it was served with like crushed up sugar. 
a fake $100 bill on a little like glass coaster because it was supposed to look like you're going to do a line of cocaine. Like that was like the, <laughs> the, yeah, but even the that most extra like, garnish that I've ever gotten on a drink. And it, that's it was, still a cheap garnish though. <laughs> yeah, it was better than the these people using actual like hundreds of dollars of miscellaneous throwaway stuff. What was like trinkets and flowers and spices and there was one point where there was just like a jar of dirt with like mint sprigs in it and it was like what are we doing oh yeah they were like look it's a potted plant um, and you chili went chili threads why? chili threads are not cheap and they were just like you thought it was saffron resin for a second i was like wait is that <laughs> no that can't be saffron that thing would have been but the amount of that was saffron it would have been an 80 dollar drink well, at cost? Like even chili threads, though, like they're not super cheap either. No, I. So, <laughs> I always think back to the time that one of our bartender friends was making fun of his coworker for putting a pineapple leaf in a drink. Yeah. Because that's unnecessary. It's the hell inedible, am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Inedible garnish. And so with that as like a frame of reference, seeing them take like whole bouquets of flowers. And serving that with a cocktail. Yeah. Is just like upsetting to me. <laughs> it was all upsetting. It was all wasteful. And I don't maybe I'm a I'm a maybe I'm just too simple for it, but it just doesn't look it, fun. It doesn't change how the drink's gonna taste. Like, yes, it's an experience, and I think you can create an experience in a lot of different ways. But throwing a bunch of crap on a plate and then putting your cocktail on the plate, just like what are we doing? Yeah, they were very obsessed with having the cocktails. Served on a weird in a platter. Now, granted, when they did like the finale and they were doing the show-stopping cocktails, and it was like, look, it's in a you know forest scape, and it goes with the drink and whatever. Fine, if you want to do it that Simple one. Simple idiots with their dry ice, baby. Oh I, yeah. I just I <laughs> I can't get over it. I it's it, it should be more magical to me. I was raised in Arizona. We don't have rolling mist or fog at all, so I should <laughs> no, see it and be when like we were- oh, witchcraft. When we were in San Diego this summer, there was fog and you were freaking out. You were like, what? Yeah. So, like, that's cool. But if you serve me a glass and there's a little bit of fog underneath of it, I'm not going to look at it and go, this is worth 20 more dollars. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that just, like, speaks to the way we value things. Um, Like, one of the things that you and I do sometimes when we go out for cocktails is if you wear a hat, you turn it backwards and we stick the garnish in the front of your hat, like I've a little had some flower crown. Beautiful hats before. Um, because it's orchids are expensive. And they use so many of them in and these cocktail bars. The amount of orchids that go into like I wanted orchids in our wedding bouquet and I almost like didn't get them because they were so expensive. Mm-hmm. And the way they get thrown in cocktails, I'm just like, oh, okay. So you're saying you're wealthy. <laughs> I think that was another thing that came up in that opinion piece that you talked about too, where the show is upsetting to watch because there's Obviously, any co- any competition show, any home renovation show that you're watching, you're just sort of getting a glimpse at a, a different lifestyle. End of the day is what you're looking at. So it's it, right now general inflation in the United States and other happenings of the world. You're it's hard to watch the show where people are spending hundreds of dollars on these mass cocktails and to feel good about it and being like, oh, look at the hyper wealthy. Isn't that nice? Good yeah. for them. <laughs> totally. And I think you know, obviously, there's a room for it. It's it's an art. People want to spend money on art. And that's yep. just a fact. But at the same time, it's really hard to watch that and go, yeah, that seems justifiable. <laughs> this is necessary. <laughs> so out of five stars, what would you rate Drink Master? 
Um, flavor, two. <laughs> Appearance, two. I don't, I don't know. I Here's the thing on that show and a lot of competition shows. They... I don't have the attention. So with no one to root for, mm. I don't have the attention span. I've had this issue with any competition show that I've ever watched. Yes. Even full episodes of Chopped. You turn on an episode of Chopped and you see them all and you go, okay, well, I wish I didn't have to spend the 30 seconds to see all of you. And then you change the channel. So there, there's a very much a connection to the person sure. or to contestants in those shows that I think is what I like to watch them for. And the show, I just, I wanted all of them to just not exist. I just, please don't. And I, they're all probably super cool people, very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. The way that the show was edited made them all look like narcissistic bags of bricks. <laughs> like it was so. I think you make a good point though, because we were talking about this last week about how the you want to see the first few episodes because you want to see who does really bad, mm-hmm. and then you want to skip to the end because you want to see who wins. Yep. And like. Bring on the double triple eliminations. Like just start cannon people. Let's You're like, just all right, we're go. having we're having an actual cocktail bar competition. We're going four on four, losing bar that makes the least amount of least money. amount of money goes home. And you take like actual bartending costing into it. So like good luck with putting your orchids on the damn drinks that you're losing three dollars every time. Yeah. So I I hope that those people are not the characters that they were on TV. And if they were, whoa. Should we make a road trip and go to all the bars that were like, excuse, represented? Excuse me, Suzu. <laughs> Are you Japanese? He's like, no, I'm Ecuadorian. I'd be like, the whole show was a lie. <laughs> Why are all your dry your drinks so sweet? No, too dry. No, I know. But oh yeah, yeah. In real oh life, my gosh, yeah. So his whole shtick on the show is that he couldn't make a balanced cocktail to save his life, and he made it through to the bitter end. Second to last episode, I guess. Spoilers, everyone. Yeah. Not that we haven't already said who won in that show. Exactly. But. We're saving you the time. It's it's a fine. You didn't rate it, though. I'm going to rate it two stars because some of the drinks I would probably try. Okay. But overall, I think the show just gave me more headaches. Yeah, you did definitely do your like stress head hold thing while we were watching a lot of the episodes. I hold my lobes. <laughs> it's just... You just hold and it just please relieve the pressure. There's so many times. Well, like Vegas guy, he was not good at doing anything other than his Vegas mass production drinks. So it was just wildly stressful to watch him. That show started and I went, oh, yeah, I think this is roughly like the ratio and percentages that you need to use for agar agar to set orbs the way that they're doing it. We didn't even get into the molecular stuff. That was so irritating to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The deconstructed drink. Also deconstructed cocktail. Dumb. Stop it. Big not fan. Like the whole point of a cocktail is mixing stuff together. So to be like, in here, I have gin and then I have vermouth pearls to the side. Okay, so I'm just drinking gin and or vermouth. Cool, cool, cool. Tight, tight, tight. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't need that. I don't, I, the whole point of cocktails are construction. I'll take revision, but deconstruction is just, no, thank you. I mean, that's generally how I feel about food also. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I love eating my peanut butter sandwich, a bite of peanut butter, a bite of bread, and then a (laughs) bite of jelly. (laughs) Never touching. Yeah, he unfortunately that guy just did not know his techniques. And like, 
pearls are cool and working with hydrocolloids can be really cool and there's stuff that you can do. Look, everyone, if you just if you want silly texture in your drink, just have a boba. Mm. Have alcoholic bobas. Just go get your little little ube brown sugar boba and then just spike it with a touch of rum. You're going to be fine. That sounds great. Yeah. Can we go do that? Probably. Okay. And I give the show 2.5 stars so we can wrap it up and I can have a boba. <laughs> You hear that, everyone? I like a milk tea. The, so there's a boba vendor spraying little brown sugar balls at us. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta take cover. Did you have final thoughts on the? I on the drink masters. My final thoughts on the drink masters are: watch the show if you really like cocktails. There's lots of really cool drinks that they ended up doing. Lots of drinks where I would definitely order them if I went to a cocktail bar. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The characters themselves, these these shells of caricatures that these people were, <laughs> I, uh, I, it caused me stress. The yeah. people caused me stress. And I work in an industry where I literally am paid to be stressed by people, and they caused me, like, more stress exponentially. So it, I think that show was triggering, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I think, of course, these are just our opinions. Like, if you enjoyed the show and you thought it was great and you disagree with everything we said, that's really cool. Tell like, me who your favorite person on the show was because I just need to find a... <laughs> look, I'm still team LP. I don't know. LP was fine. LP I thought she was great. did not upset me, I don't think, at any point. Yeah. I think that these shows are meant to be divisive in some sense. I think that's how they generate more watchers and just, like, people who are interested in it. Um, and that's how they'll cast for the next season. Um, it, yeah, the, the, the diversity casting of this is the one guy who's 50 years old and just been making cocktails since they were illegal. <laughs> and we got this 25-year-old guy that's just so excited to be alive that he can't even breathe and he paints every glass. Um, yeah, I don't know if I would watch a second season. I think it's just not enough there for me to be interested. But we would love to hear... Uh, well, you guys thought if you watched it or if you didn't watch it and you listened to this, did we ruin it? Do you, do you, do you feel do you bad no about now? listening to this now? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if we just said all good things about it, people would be like, well, why did we tune in to hear your opinion? We watched all 10 episodes to form a, a very jaded opinion about the show. Exactly. So. We did that for you. And we condensed it down to like 45 minutes. <laughs> Which, oh, all the episodes of that show were wild long. So you fell asleep like six times. Because if, you, if you're make, your whole drink is two challenges per episode, or your whole drink. Mm-hmm. Your whole drink is two spirits per episode. I mean, literally, the episodes were 50 minutes long. They're and it was long. just two challenges per episode. Yeah. It was a lot of them just... It was a lot of filler. Filler and conceptualization of these drinks, and then just dad jokes after dad jokes <laughs> after dad jokes. So you liked it. Two out of ten would recommend. <laughs> oh, out of ten, it's getting worse. One out of five stars, technically. Yeah, that was that's math. I can do ratios. Like the best of them. Boba time. Thank you for listening to Love Food Hate Money. <laughs> this podcast is edited by John Watkins of Other Fiction Studios. He also does our original music. So hire him if you have a podcast. He would love to edit for you as well. Uh, you can connect with us on social media. You can send hate mail to hello at lovefoodhatemoney.com. 
Uh, we have some really exciting stuff that we're working on. We have t-shirts available. We have some new sticker designs. And... And Santa Claus is upstairs. I'm about to go kill our upstairs neighbor. So stay <laughs> tuned for my next episode, Straight from Prison. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate everybody listening and... Yeah, send hate mail. Or I started accepting love letters. You can take your pick. Oh, yeah. Oh. Spagliato. Lovely. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. I made a mess. <laughs>